we made a new friend. It's Merc. A fun new friend of the show, joining Hedwig and Carlo. It makes me all tingly in my insides. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Totally Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper, and we made a mistake. Yes, we watched the first Dungeons Dragons movie, The Book of Vile Garden. It's not very good. The title of this episode was a joke. But then we watched the movie. Which is the horniest thing I've ever seen. Because evil makes you horny, and everyone in this film is canonically evil. Apart from, like, two people. It's the evil too, like, the kind of, haha, I'm gonna spend all my time cackling about how weak my family were for being killed by an avalanche kind of evil. Mmm. Yeah, the nominal premise of the film... Is but there is the book of Bio Darkness, uh, which was made by Naboo the Fowl, uh, and also made out of Naboo the Fowl. I don't think it was actually called Naboo, but that's what it sounded like. It's like Nagrul or something I like think that. It was spelled, I think it was spelt differently, but I'm pretty sure it was pronounced Naboo, which I guess they, I can't, I don't know when this was made, but 2012. Oh, okay, in that case, yes, I can absolutely blame them for that. Um, On a budget of $12 anyway. million, dollars, which is nothing for a fantasy movie, and you can tell. But, yeah, anyway. So they built a book, made the book of Vyotar. It was split into three pages, three pieces. Those three pieces were scattered around the world. And then this doesn't fucking come up for most of the movie. Like, it's only saw... There's an offhand mention about finding the pages, but for most of the movie... All of this um, story of this evil wizard who used the Book of Vile Darkness to bring about an age of eternal darkness. Just not relevant to what's happening. Yeah, so we basically we have a brand new paladin who follows Palor, the god of light, called Grayson. All of his order gets killed right after he's recruited. Um... And then he joins a bunch of bad guys who are looking for the cover of the book. Yeah, they need a horn so they can find the cover, so they can find the pages. And it's unclear why he joins them apart from vaguely to stop them. Yeah, we find out the... later that his dad has something to do with it, but mm. that was not mentioned earlier on in the film. But, and, yeah, Because his dad is the goodest man. Yeah. And yeah, you got the sort of three evil stereotypes. You got the big, savage, vaguely racially uncomfortable villain. You got the weird, honorable villain who rambles these weird anarcho capitalist rants about how evil the strong will dominate the weak and law is a restriction or some such bullshit. And you got the sexy femme fatale villain who Bones the hero. That, that's her thing. 
this was Bugman. Don't forget that one of those villains is played by the one person of colour in the film, but is painted white. <laughs> Just for extra very, points, I guess. It's not a very good film, again, as we're saying. Um, like, I think, yeah, the only the only vaguely good scenes that worked, it had... Um, and had what's called a slaymate, which is like an undead child. And that was legitimately quite creepy. It was sort of had a child's voice dubbed over the creepy zombie thing. Um, yeah, I think that's where 10 of the 12 million went. Yeah, like that one was a like legitimately good monster. Um, I honestly am finding it hard to think of anything other than that one scene. <laughs> I guess the sex scenes uh, were good just... if you like sex scenes. Yeah, uh, like at so, one yeah, point they got to a bunch of women having sex in a pool for no apparent reason. We never find out who they are. They're just evil lesbians who they exist. Were. It was hard to tell, but they were having sex on top of the Goliath villain. He was lying. I completely the missed that he was there. <laughs> he was he was lying under the yeah, distracted just, by the evil lesbians. Just a totally random point. Like that scene wasn't ever brought up again and had no build up. And it's the same thing keeps happening that we just keep having scenes of oh yes, also the villains are getting laid, just so you know. Um Yeah, like the only sex scene because there were multiple sex scenes, the only one that really contributed anything but was still unnecessary was the one between Grayson and the evil sorceress in the party, because there was a whole thing of like, oh, I'm good and you're evil, but we love each other, but it can never work. Which yeah, honestly was yeah. the closest that the film came to being emotionally interesting. Yeah, like it had... Because the idea of, um, you know, a paladin has to infiltrate a group of bad guys, that's not necessarily impossible to do well. But it was. But just, Brian Rudnick didn't do it. Like his thing when he first infiltrated the bad guys to show how evil he was was to steal one of the villains' chairs, which he just he just sat down in their chair to show how he was evil. It's, and he was just. I don't even know. The entire thing had the feel of like. Like an undercover cop who is like, hello, I would like to purchase your drugs. Could I please record you saying, yes, I will give you a drug? Like, he was still wearing his paladin armor for the entire movie as he tried to infiltrate the bad guys. Yeah, the only concession that he made to like, oh, I have to not look like a paladin is I'm going to hide my payload amulet, I guess, just in my pocket. It's unclear where he put it. He puts but, it down his shirt, I believe. It's still like, around. Like his... you said, he's still wearing like the full-on paladin yeah. of Halo uniform, the like shiny armor and the big dramatic cloak and everything. Like yeah, the guy does like, not around... look. Everyone else looks evil. TM. He's just yeah, a like... guy. Yeah, he looks. Because, yeah, I'm pretty certain he still has it around his neck. He's just put it down his shirt. That That's the entirety of the disguise he's done. 
Well, you know, because he's so good, he's not very good at deception, obviously. Yeah, he's just... And, like, the villains don't ever suspect this. Like, one villain suspects this, and everyone else is like, ah, you're rescuing hostages, but you say you're doing it evilly, so clearly. Yeah, he's either got a very high persuasion stat, or everyone's an idiot. And honestly, given this entire film, it could equally be either. The thing is, nothing, very little happens in this movie. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of a synopsis, but it's hard to do a synopsis because so little happens. It's basically... Um, yeah. The knights get killed. He finds the bad guys that are looking for the horn to find the book. Um... They kill a dragon for some reason. Unclear. Um, and then, like an hour later, they find the sleigh mate. Nothing really happens in that hour except for the sex scenes. Yeah, um, like, yeah, the sleigh mate's sort of guarding the way to evil land. Yeah, the sleigh mate. I think the, I think the sleigh mate is guarding the cover of the book. Yeah, and if when the, when yeah. when. Pencil said the book is divided into three parts. It's not in the way you would think. It's the cover, the pages, and the ink. They have pulled the ink off the book. Um... So yeah, the and the ink, they're going to replace it with liquid pain extracted from the purest soul they can find that happens to be Grayson's dad. Who... I feel sorry for the guy that plays Grayson's dad because I, he was in some proper like BBC acclaimed dramas, and then he was in this, and then most of his credits have things like additional voices, or he's in like half an episode of something, and I feel bad for him because he's he can act. He's the person who can act in this film. He like the scenes with him in are the only ones that have sort of any sense of emotional like investment. Like he he fight his son finds him and reveals that he had to like you know betray his pal in order to do it, and he sounds like he is you know conflicted on it, as opposed to everyone else who sounds like they're killing maniacally or. Pretending to cackle maniacally. Yeah, like and um, Anthony Howell, we support you, and I'm sorry that this film presumably is the thing that did that to your career. The ending was so. The ending is mm. so. It turns so. There's a book guy, and also one other thing I did like is that they did have actual like prestige classes from the um, Book of Vile Darkness, which you know is. It's it's neat if you've read the thing. Like, oh, I, it's I it's that something. But yeah, the big bad, I, the big bad is a swarm of bugs in a human suit, vermin lord, uh, and they kidnap this guy and reveal, ha ha! I knew you were paladin all along because you're dressed like a fucking paladin. <laughs> um, like he halfway through, he sees him with his paladin amulet out, and he's like, and it's presumably at that point, he's like, ah, so you're a paladin, but it's just sort of like. Ah, you're a paladin because you're clearly a fucking paladin. Um, but anyway. 
He kidnaps the power within Grayson. Um, and they start torturing him for liquid pain. And then he shoots everyone with lasers. And they all die except the hot sorceress lady. And she's like, ah. I mean, she's basically like, ah, it's time for a section, sexually charged hero villain relationship and teleports away. Like, yeah, she's pretty close to fucking thing. But it's very unclear what most characters are called. Yeah, I think she said she gets pretty close to just basically saying that. And then a swarm of bugs fly at the screen and laugh, and then that's the end of the movie. It does feel very much like they ran out of budget halfway through filming the finale, and it's very possible they ran out of budget halfway yeah, through filming the finale. Because they have, like, the Vermin Lord uses something that looks kind of like insect plague, and there's the sleigh mate. Yeah. And I think that is where all of the budget went. <laughs> like, I can't find any information on, like, the actual production process of this film. Because I guess no one cares to put that information online. <laughs> but I, I do have a strong suspicion that they basically just couldn't, so they didn't. Yeah, it's... Yeah, like, the trouble is, it's hard to sort of give an interesting view around it just because very little happened. It's just a bunch of evil people fucking around, giving these, all giving these really. Like, it does sort of show how stupid a religion based around evil is, because they're all just like, yes, we're going to bring about an age of darkness where the weak will be chaffed before us. And you just, you just all sound like a 14 year old who's read Ayn Rand for them. Yeah, it's just, I, I'm i struggling to articulate my thoughts because my thoughts are basically the word no written in 10-foot neon letters. Like, if what you want is a bunch of B&B sex scenes interspersed with very bad philosophy and the most blatantly fucking heroic Manuki man, she just walks in and steals your spare chair and is like, See, do I look like someone who cares about chair rights? <laughs> He's just so bad at evil. The problem is, yes, you do. You look like the one person that cares about chair rights. Uh, yeah, like the villain, the villainess, who, uh, again, evil sorcerer, she's hot. Um, she just falls in love with him immediately. And she just spends the entire movie trying to get with him. Uh, and the sleigh mate is repulsed by her because she radiates love or some bullshit like that. Um, and it's just, it's just really... She's just... Like, she's sort of a character who's very clearly pushing out of him to be a love interest. Which makes it really weird that she's one of the two big bads. Yeah, I I have a theory about her attraction to him. Because we know that good girls love a bad boy. So mm. obviously what's happening is that bad girls love a good boy. Yeah, And, and presumably neutral people, neutral people just all go hook up with each other, yeah. Yeah. But it is... Like, yeah, it does... 
like it does feel like the mandatory love interest has become the big bad, but not in an interesting way, just in the sense that like she's not yeah, doing the end evil of things. Just agree to disagree. They're like, <laughs> oh well, you know, if it comes to a fight later, maybe maybe I'll kill you, maybe I won't. And she's like, Yeah, maybe. And that's their last interaction. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, you did try and plunge the world into eternal darkness and crush but you're the weak a good you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. And he's like, there's so many fucking sex scenes. They won't stop. They're just, they're just, it's just like every sort of the plot will stop and it's already like fucking slowing up. I'm sorry I'm swearing a lot. This is a very bad film. But the plot will just stop. It's okay. <laughs> the plot will just stop, and then there will be a sex scene where one of the villains is essentially lying under a bed of driving sexy women. And then it will just go back to the plot, and it just... It feels like it's being written by someone who's too horny to screenwrite. And the only way they can get around it is to occasionally stop screenwriting and writing their softcore pornography. And then they get that out of their system and go back to speed writing. Like, it does have the same feel as the Book of Vile Darkness, the RPG supplement, in that it's clearly someone trying really, really, really hard to be edgy with no understanding of any kind of deeper themes or like coherence or story writing. I should mention that this man has written yeah he also wrote wrath of the dragon god um but his the other things he's written are very tonally different to this um he wrote a film about a teenage um iranian refugee in the 80s who joins a wrestling team um a film where a single father meets a woman who's a perfect mum for the kids and is actually an angel. And, and a film where a widow needs to save her ranch by working with convicts to rehabilitate some wild horses. Like, what is this man's career? So, as a theory, this plot. I should also like, mention this is the only one of those films that he wrote on his own. Yeah, so this plot is, you know, a paladin who's clearly the good guy badly infiltrating the villains and imitating badness. And this movie is a movie made by someone who writes things about angels helping helping um, widowers and, you know, old ladies uh, helping convicts by having them rehabilitate horses. Uh, trying to write the worst possible, like, Evil edgy, evil edgy movie, and it's actually a deep meta um, analysis on his career. That is the only explanation I will accept, because the alternative is that you know the first one was pretty decent. This was made by a production company owned by the writer, not writer, by the director and producer of the first one. So the other alternative is she just went. Yeah, I guess, and let this happen. It is. But yeah, so I would not recommend this movie, I don't think. 
No. You could get the same experience by going onto AO3, finding something tagged with Dungeons and Dragons and with porn without plot, and then finding the worst rated one and acting it out with a bunch of random people you found in a pub. Yeah, it's it's sort of porn that's trying really hard to have, but it's not doing very well at it. Mm. And like, like, because it is just there's so there's so little plot. Like, the book of Vile Darkness is introduced sort of at the start, and then it comes up again at the end, and in between. Like, even without the, like, sex scenes, they're just walking vaguely around, doing nothing of any particular interest. Yeah, like, they, they talk to a mayor for a while, because they need to get, I think they get the horn, no, they t- the mayor knows where the horn is. They have multiple scenes where they're just yelling back and forth negotiations with the mayor to find out where the horn is. And yeah, like, they kill a, a dragon in like three rounds, and that is everything that happens in between the first and last 20 minutes. It's sort of weird. It's weird this film is 86 minutes long. <laughs> There's 40 minutes of nothing. It's both weird. Weirdly, it's both incredibly convoluted and completely lacking in any kind of like because what if characters will just show up and you're like who the fuck's this character and then that character will die and then it will just it always feels like you're missing a scene Mm. possibly a scene that was replaced with an orgy but (laughs) yeah like every scene feels like every scene feels like when you um walk into a TV show halfway through an episode and have to try and figure out who these people are, what's going on. But it's the entire movie. Yeah. Like, the fact that, like, I can't remember any of the major characters' names except Grayson possibly says something. And that's mostly because because I kept saying, Grayson, in, like, the heavy rain voice. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, if you hadn't reminded me, I wouldn't know what his name was. Like, the characters are, as I said, they're, they're the three evil stereotypes. Uh, I guess, yeah, you also, yeah, you have also the um, evil, manipulative, um, haha, what is my nefarious secret agenda villain. But yeah, you've got four evil stereotypes, one good stereotype. And a chair thief. That's a chair thief. There's like, yeah, there's like the there's scenes where like the guys are tied tied up, shirtless, and like have their pain sucked out, and it all feels very. It all feels like they're getting off on it, even when it's not an explicit sex scene. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think Paper said that they wouldn't have got into D&D if this was their first introduction to D&D. I absolutely would not. Which I feel it's sums up the movie. the worst parts of, of high fantasy. Yeah, I think it's sort of... I think, it, yeah, if you were to take that 
terrible like campaign you had with a bunch of edgy 14 year olds before you like understood nuance and stuff enough to realize what you were doing was a bit fucked up or if you took any random like rpg from our horror stories and you made that into a movie that's kind of what it's it's just it's just not good it really isn't and at the risk of continuing to rant about it for another 20 odd minutes Thank you for listening to us rant about that film for 20-odd minutes. Um, you can watch it if you want. I, would, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you could probably find better porn, even if that's what you're into. You can find porn with better plots, to be honest. I mean, I... I, I do not watch the pawns. But Same, but you I, know. I, I'm assuming most of them have a better plot. So, yes, uh, thank you for listening to the angry rant about this film. We just watched Poorly Disguised the Podcast. Um, yeah, we have. we have email and stuff. If you have a question for the podcast or just want to tell us how you feel about this film, um can email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com or messages on Tumblr at probably bad RPG ideas. And we have a Patreon where you can get access to homebrew stuff such as elemental worms and bonus episodes and a Discord server. And I don't know why my voice is doing this. Um, at Patreon, um, probably bad RPG ideas. Um, I'm not going to say remember to have a probably bad day because that film was so bad. I need some good in the world. Remember to remember- watch some good media. <laughs> remember to have a probably good day.